and welcome to Jesuitical, a podcast by the young, hip, and lay editors of America Media. That lay part means we aren't Jesuits, but we work with them. Join us each week for a smart Catholic take on faith, culture, and the news, often over drinks. I'm Ashley McKinless, and I'm joined by Zach Davis. For a special morning edition of Jesuitical. <laughs> and Vivian Cabrera. Good morning, Baltimore. Good morning. Do, do you think that people are sort of freaked out or jarred when they hear that we're like, maybe they listen to this podcast in the morning mm-hmm. uh, and they'll hear like, oh, and today we're having a gin and tonic. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't that, thought like, about ha- that. I will say it said it felt very weird saying that intro uh, in the morning when I'm not not fully caffeinated yet. <laughs> kind of a little, just a little slower. More methodical. Or look, we're going for more of an on being type of vibe right now for this one. So who's joining us? Who's joining us today, Ashley? Joining us today is Father James Martin. He's the editor at large of America Media and uh, a friend of the show. He was our very first guest way back three years ago, and he's joined us a couple times since then. So we wanted to check in with him and see how he's doing in in Jesuit quarantine life uh, and pick his brain for some spiritual advice. Yeah, especially he's been doing these Facebook Live faith sharing events that have been such like a a resource for people who aren't able to gather in their normal faith communities. And the the response to um, Jim leading them through the day's gospel and some of the scripture research that behind all of that has been really overwhelming. So going to get into that a little bit too. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen quite a few of them. And yeah, people just really need this right now. Um, and everyone's, everyone's flocking to um, like live streams on social. So um, yeah, we get to see what um, Jim's experience has been from the other side. All right. Well, let's bring him on. Welcome back to Jesuitical, Father Martin. Thanks. Great to be on, Miss McKinless. <laughs> may, may I call you Jim? I, 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 unless you want me to call you Miss McKinless. I do remember after our first uh, episode, my mom chiding me for calling you Jim and not being reverent enough. I was like, Mom. <laughs> So one of the people we work with, as you know, is Kevin Clark. And Kevin Clark, who is my age, you know, late 50s, I think Kevin's around there. Uh, our first day of work, he called me Father Jim. And I said, uh, look, we're we're friends and we're colleagues. You know, we're peers now, obviously. And you can call me Jim. But he, he had a hard time. And what finally broke him of it was when I called him Mr. Kevin. I said, if you, you want to call me Father Jim, I'll call you Mr. Kevin. He said, that's ridiculous. And I said, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I if I want you to call me Mr. Zach or Mr. Davis, then that's the route to go. If I'm looking for a little more. This Miss Vivian works for me as well. So let's just moving forward. So oh, how things? How, how are you doing? We're, you and I uh, have been quarantined about a week longer than everyone else. Um, because we started a, we stayed home from work about a week early after we got back from the Holy Land. Um, how are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, you know, I always say, look, my mother is 88 and uh, she's in a retirement community. And as long as she's healthy, I'm I'm happy. As long as my community is healthy, I'm I'm okay. Uh, um, you know, I feel a sense of great heaviness um, and sadness. Uh, we live a block away from. Mount Sinai Hospital, and every morning I can see it right now. I look out my window and I see the windows of uh, Mount Sinai, behind which I assume are people who are sick and dying. And so it's very heavy and it's sad. But you know, for me, uh, you know, my my daily routine, I'm fine. Uh, you know, as you say, I'm doing these Facebook lives. I'm writing. 
Uh, and, you know, as you know, most of our work can be done in front of the computer. And so for us at America, it's not been as uh, much of an upheaval, I would say, professionally, but it's, you know, more of a spiritual upheaval. And speaking of spiritualness, like what's your prayer life look like these days? Well, I tell you, it's longer, that's for sure, because um, I have more time to pray. Yeah, you know, for me, I find that uh, God is manifesting God's self mainly in feelings of calm. Uh, and so when I am uh, tempted to feel a sense of um, not exactly panic or despair, but just, uh, you know, feeling overwhelmed by the crisis, especially at the beginning, uh, I trust mm-hmm. that, that feeling of calm. I mean, I have to say, I'm working on a book on Lazarus, and so this is not a plug for the book. It's you know, it's not going to be out for another couple of years. But I'm spending a lot of time with um, with those passages, and I just find them really powerful and really meaningful. And as Zach knows, um, uh, and Zach was with us, um, you know, we visit the uh, the tomb of Lazarus every year, and Vivian knows that too. She's been on the pilgrimage, um, and so I've been sort of spending a lot of time in the tomb, not not in a morbid way, um, but just a way to kind of you know, sort of place myself in the scripture reading that I'm I'm working on right now. Do you feel like that particular image has some type of resonance for what we're going through today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there are so many people who are worried right now about um, eternal life, basically. You know, which is which was the gospel reading um, around the time that we're recording this. And you know, Jesus Jesus offers Lazarus eternal life. Excuse me, Jesus offers Lazarus life, right? And at the resurrection, right, we're in the we're in the Easter season still. Uh, he he demonstrates what eternal life is going to be like for us. So I always say to people, Jesus promises that first of all, like promises us eternal life in the Gospels. He shows us that, uh, and then also if you think about it theologically, you know, it makes no sense that God would cut off the relationship that God has with us. And so, you know, on these Facebook Live events, and then just personally, as I'm sure you guys have been experiencing, I'm getting a lot of questions about life after death and these these big questions. So I think the Lazarus story really has a lot to tell us, not only about eternal life, but just day-to-day life and the sort of small resurrections that God offers us. Yeah. I, I'm i wondering, I feel like this is the question I have every time you come on Jesuitical, because I find difficult praying in ordinary time, <laughs> praying difficult in ordinary times. Um, and so I think it's doubly hard right now. And I think other people I've heard from have experienced that as well. So what advice do you have for, I don't know, structuring our days in a way that makes time for prayer when it seems like time is just kind of not working in its normal way right now? Well, that's a good question. I would say that, you know, for for some people, it's more stressful. So if you have uh, you know, three small kids in your house and you're trying to help them to, you know, like uh, stay online and do their coursework for classes and, you know, entertain them. I mean, it might actually be more stressful, but for a lot of people, they actually have more time, right? Um, one of the priests in our house during mass, we're still allowed to have mass here in our community, said uh, all those excuses for not praying, you know, kind of go out the window, you know, when you have two hours more because you're not commuting, for example. But in terms of structuring, I would say, um, you know, why not structure it around the gospel readings for the day? That's an easy way um, to structure your prayer and then do the daily examine at night. Um, You know, we have a podcast for that. People can tune in on that. Um, But I also, you know, actually, I would also say um, that, you know, don't get down on yourself if you find prayer difficult right now. I mean, if you find yourself distracted or worried or, you know, God forbid there's someone in your family who's sick or, uh, 
you know, someone who's died. Don't don't sort of beat yourself up if you're distracted. And one of I, one of the most powerful prayers, you know, I think is to say to God, God, I'm distracted and I'm still with you. Right. Because I think we we tend to think that, you know, we have to be in this sort of Zen, you know, mode of, you know, not having any distractions and being totally focused. And that's not possible for some people, especially now. And so, God, I'm distracted, but I'm still here is a pretty good prayer. Uh, Jim, I know that for the um, Facebook, like faith sharings, um, one of the cool uh, features is that people can respond to you in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to see that as kind of you're having the conversation. But I'm wondering, um, have there been any like really difficult questions or what's a question people keep asking or keep coming back to when they are interacting with you there? I mean, you're right, Vivian, that, um, you know, it's most of it's fun and, you know, it's it's pretty upbeat. Um, but you know, it's interesting in the in this sort of the feed of all the comments, you know, from time to time, you'll see my father just died of coronavirus or um, my mother's in the nursing home. And I'm so worried. Uh, and so you'll get, you know, you'll just see, please pray for my my father who's sick. And then the next day my father died. Mm. So I try, you know, and it's you know, mainly the uh, the focus of the, the daily faith sharing is the gospel reading of the day. And then we, at the second part, we we listen to people's comments, mostly about the gospel readings and about other topics. But, you know, from time to time, that'll just sort of burst into the comment feed. And I try to take time out and, you know, offer prayers, uh, you know, and then the the question of why this, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a sad time for so many people. But, you know, as you said earlier, I think that people are desiring a sense of community, which is why I think, uh, you know, so many people have, have tuned in They're you know, they, they can't go to their parishes basically. Um, and they, they can't connect with people. And even I think virtually is better than, than nothing at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel connected, but yeah, so, so there are some difficult questions that come up. Now I imagine for some people, at least this is maybe their first time kind of praying with the, the daily readings on their, on their own, or even at all. Right. For a lot of Catholics, you just sort of you hear scripture on Sunday at mass. Uh, are there any like common pitfalls or struggles or, or tips that you have for people who are just starting to kind of go deeper with scripture in their prayer life? Yeah, I say get get your hands on a good Bible commentary. Most people don't know what that is. And that's not an insult. I didn't know what a Bible commentary was before I, you know, studied theology. And you're right, Zach, most um, most Catholics don't you know, really look at the daily gospel readings. I tell you, when I entered the Jesuits, you guys will laugh. You're more sophisticated than I was. I believe it or not, I had never been to a daily mass. I, I didn't know what a daily mass was. And in fact, I when you entered the Jesuits. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So I went to mass and I said, um, I said, Oh, this is just like a Sunday mass. (laughs) I thought it would be like abbreviated, you know, like a prayer service or something. So, you know, Point being, most people, you know, aren't going to daily mass, and so they're not encountering the the scriptures on a daily basis. Now, maybe people who are listening to, you know, Jesuitical and Read America are a little more sophisticated and know more about that. But you're right that that for a lot of people, the idea that there are daily gospel readings and that the church, you know, lays them out for us, I think one of the surprises of the Facebook Live has been the number of people who say, "How do you pick the gospel reading for the day?" You know, and I, you're tempted to make a joke like, "Well, you know, I'm." the daily gospel reading, but a lot of people don't know, right? Um, 
So yeah, so so encountering the Gospels, um, I would say first thing is you know get a good Bible commentary if you can, or or just get a sense you know even online from what the scripture readings are trying to say. And what what is a Bible? I mean, that, that Bible commentary could mean a yeah. What is that? They're they're either one volume or multi volume. Um, it's basically it's a book um, that goes through the 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 different Gospels, the the books of the of the Old and the New Testament, and explains them for you essentially. Um, a little scholarship, you know, what's going on in this reading? Um, what do these words mean? You know, there's some sometimes you don't even know what Jesus is talking about when Jesus says, you know, that is korban, right? Well, what is he talking about? Or you know, in this past couple of weeks and over the Easter season, you know, why is Jesus against the Jews? In quotes, you know, which all scripture commentators put it in quotes, if he's Jewish, you know, so just those kind of simple things. But even if you don't have a Bible commentary, you can you can encounter the readings on your own. Uh, and, you know, one of the one of the things that Jesuits like to invite people to do is to picture yourself in the readings, right? to imagine yourself in those gospel readings and see what they say to you. Right. I mean, it's, I think for people who are just starting out to get in the rhythm of, for example, in the morning, looking at the readings uh, and. You know, maybe uh, thinking about them, praying about them. What what do they say to you? What do you want to say to God about them? Um, you know, there's a there's a there's a term called lexio divina, which means sacred reading. And the four questions are, which I love. This is from Father Dan Harrington, the scripture scholar. Number one, what does the text say? So basically, like what's going on, right? What does the text say to me? All right. So in in my own situation, um, what do I want to say to God about the text? Okay, can I can I respond in some way? And what difference will the text make in my life? So I think those four questions are helpful for people who are starting out. Yeah. So Jim, you've been a Jesuit for a while. So like our listeners, you are now very sophisticated and holy. Um, but you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ashley knows. Ashley knows better. Ashley um, knows better. But I assume you're not only reading the Bible and doing faith sharing and praying while under quarantine. So what? What are you doing? What are you doing to stay sane, uh, to make it through the days? Well, my joke, Ashley, would be um, I'm not just, you know, reading the Gospels and praying. I'm also working on a book on Lazarus as well <laughs> <laughs> and reading scripture. Right. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, gosh, I, I mean, like a lot of people, I'm trying to reach out to friends and, you know, make sure they're okay. Uh, you know, more or less every day I try to call a friend just to check up on him or her. I call my mom every day because I'm a good son. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have a lot of um, new house jobs at our, our house because we're all here. and We're all cooking and cleaning and doing everything for ourselves. We used to have people come in. We used to have a cook, for example, because we're 12 guys. We had um, people that would come in occasionally and kind of, you know, clean the house down. And we're doing all that for ourselves. And so like last night, for example, yesterday, for example, I went out at 11 to shop um, for the meal. I took a break for the Facebook Live. But because I was also on um, cleanup duty, I didn't get done till 8.30. So I was going from 1 o'clock to 8.30 making uh, a pretty good chicken cassoulet. So that's how I relax. What what I want to know, I know that um, Jesuits who are information and kind of live in the larger community, they cook for each other based on mm -hmm. my conversations with younger Jesuits. Mm -hmm. But if you're in a community with Jesuits who have been in the society for a long time, how is it transitioning to having to serve each other? Because I'm imagining if you do have like housekeepers or cooks, like you just don't know what that's like. Um, so what has that been like? I think what's different is that there's no one coming in the house now and we are completely 
reliant on one another. And, you know, one of the things that's so edifying is that it's actually drawing us closer together. It's been it's been really kind of lovely. Uh, and, you know, funny enough, our uh, superior, the, the head of the house, when he asked people to sign up for cooking, which I thought was brilliant, he said uh, very gently in the Jesuit way of doing it, uh, I would ask, that's a very Jesuit way of saying things, um, <laughs> I would ask that only those who can actually cook sign up for cooking. <laughs> because in some Jesuit communities, it's everyone cooks and that's that's not good. <laughs> You know, you have a guy who never, never like, you know, boiled water before. No. But we got some pretty good cooks in our house. I wonder if we could uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, as we mentioned at the beginning of this, the the last place before all of the stay-at-home orders happened um, that you and I were uh, was on America Media's pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I've noticed that sort of, keeps coming up a lot in your in your faith sharings right and i and i sort of get that once you once you start reading the gospel after you've been back after you've been to the holy land you can't help but think of Mm -hmm. what these places uh what these places actually look like uh Mm -hmm. why do you keep returning back to the holy land other than america keeps asking you but is it why is that still like a favorite place of yours to return to and pray at well i know i would turn i'm going to turn the question on you um would you like to go? Would you like to go back? Oh my God! Yeah, there's like a burning in my yeah, heart. There you right go. There, there's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I just wanted to make sure, I, you know, because I just want to, you know, remind people it's, it's not just me who feels that way. Uh, there is, and I hope Ashley goes one day. We'd love to have you. Um, I think that um, it's very hard to describe the difference between a person's expectations and experience in the Holy Land. So the expectation. You know, as all of you know, you've all been on pilgrimages like, well, you know, I'm sure this will be, yeah, this will be interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see where Jesus walked. (laughs) And you get there and, you know, people see the Sea of Galilee and they burst into tears. So knowing that you are seeing something that Jesus saw without a doubt, I mean, without a doubt, he saw the Sea of Galilee is really transformative. I mean, Vivian can talk to that. Um, And, you know, it's funny, Zach, you know, on the... um, Facebook Live, uh, you know, I I want to remind people also that when we talk about, for example, you know, Jesus talking about the bread of life in the bread of life discourse, and it says at the very end, this happened in the synagogue at Capernaum, to say, look, you know, we know where that synagogue is, we know the, where the ruins are, I visited it, I think it really helps to make it real for people. I think, you know, interestingly, I think that the, that the, the balance that needs to be struck is to help to educate people and to bring them into that world without making them feel, you know, like FOMO or, you know, like, oh, oh, I went and you didn't. And then they feel guilty. That's the thing I really want to avoid. And so I, I try not to do it too much. Right. And I certainly don't say, you know, well, if you've ever been to the Holy Land, you'll know that blah, blah, blah. Because then it, it just, you know, these, these poor people who can't go because of time or money or health, you know, you don't want to make them feel bad. But by the same token, to say to someone that synagogue is still there, it really blows people's minds. I mean, you know, Vivian can speak to that, right? Yeah, it's, you really feel the history of that place Mm -hmm. when you're there. You're like, this is older than, and we can possibly imagine, um, Mm -hmm. especially if we live like in a young country like the United States. As like a, I don't know, you go through school, we're we're so... uh, accustomed to like breaking open different texts and talking about them and their themes and their meaning. And even though you might profess a belief in 
in the gospels that yeah this actually happened it sometimes it can feel a little bit like school like you're just sort of saying hypothetically yeah. this is what would happen and then all of a sudden you see oh shoot this is <laughs> this really did happen yeah. right here right it wasn't just like a a made-up thing that we're supposed to extrapolate right uh, lessons of life from yeah a number of people one of the pilgrims did it uh this year said i, I always believed in jesus of course and i always knew these places happened but they seem semi-mythical mm -hmm. and uh one of the things that we talk about a lot in the holy land is um this is pilgrims will know this when you visit a particular place um, and you say mass there um believe it or not it's always the same mass and so when you're on the mount of beatitudes you always say the mass with the reading of the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, when you're at the Church of um, the Annunciation, the reading is always every day, the Annunciation, right? And they're called the readings of the place and the mass of the place. And one of the words that always pops out, um, uh, we talk about a lot is here. And so in the mass readings, um, in the prayers, it will say, it's, I'm getting moved just thinking about it, it will say, you know, Lord, when you came here to this mountain, to preach it's it's really striking it's striking to say and it moves people and so that question of here that that word here comes up a lot and on the altar at the um in the grotto of the annunciation which is you know where we believe that the angel um, appeared to mary there's an inscription uh and normally uh the the phrase is uh, verbo carum factum est which is the word was made flesh okay we all know that um the, the inscription in Latin on the altar there is verbo car, verbum caro hic factum est. The word was made flesh here. I mean, that just that really just, first time I saw that, I, I it, it just blew my mind. And uh, yeah, as you say, Zach, like, you know, we all believe in these things, but to know that they happened here, really, it really grounds the gospels for people. Uh, and you cannot go to that place and come back and read the scriptures in the same way. Yeah, well... No one's going anywhere for, for right now. <laughs> I, know. Well, I know. But no, but hearing all about the Holy Land makes me think about, you know, when this is all over and we can leave our house, like, where do I want to go? So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, you know, when you can, when lockdown orders are lifted, where's, where's the first place you're going to, you're going to go either in New York City or, or, you know, in the world. You're going to laugh. I'm going to go to the swimming pool. I, um. <laughs> I know. I, I like to swim. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go right from my room into the swimming pool. But, you know, I do miss going to the gym. Um, but, where you know, where would I most like to go in terms of seeing people? I'd like to see my mom and my sister's family. Um, and, you know, I love you guys. I want to go to work, too. I know, right? I mean, Who would have thought? I You know, one of the things um, we, we laugh about in the community is um, – so, you know, I live obviously with 12 Jesuits. Um, we're not monks. Yeah. And we, this is, we're living a very monastic life. I mean, we're living in community, cooking and cleaning for ourselves, you know, gathering for prayer. Um, we're not going outside. We're basically cloistered. We're, you know, as the Greg Hillis article said, we're all monks now, but we really are monks because we're living in community. And, you know, frankly, this is not our vocation. Like, I feel like we're all like 12 horses like, you know, at the starting gate, you know, and, the, and, and at a race or something, we, we Jesuits are built to go out. And I mean, a couple of years ago, I went to the uh, Abbey of Gethsemane, Thomas Merton's um, monastery. And uh, I was there for three days. And after three days, I just, I it was like, okay, like enough prayer. I, I need to kind of be doing something. I came back and said to my spiritual director, I feel really guilty 
because I wanted to leave. And he said, this is very helpful for me. He said, well, that's not your vocation. Like, of course, you're not going to feel comfortable there. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's lovely and it's beautiful and you like being on retreat. But and I would say the same thing to people who are stuck at home now who, you know, don't feel guilty that you're not a monk. That's not your vocation. So, you know, there's a reason why monks, you know, kind of choose those things. Yeah. Uh, Jim, I do want to apologize uh, if this last question catches you off guard. Um, not at all. But if you could canonize anyone, Catholic or not, um, living or dead, who would it be and why? Wow. I, I'd canonize all the doctors and nurses and healthcare workers. That, that, that stuns me that they're, that they're doing what they're doing in this time of coronavirus. I really would. I think, you know, during um, Holy Week, um, it struck me that, uh, you know, Jesus offered his body uh, for the salvation of other people. And that's what these doctors and nurses and healthcare workers are doing. And they're literally offering their bodies. They're going to work. I was just reading about them today in the New York Times. And they're doing it. And so this is, you know, this is the the altar Christus, the other Christ. So mm-hmm. I think we should canonize them all. And I think they are being canonized in a way, you know, by people who really recognize their their sacrificial love. I mean, look, greater love has no person, right? Mm-hmm. And imagine going in knowing that you would be possibly infected. It's really, you know, some of their their stories are just so beautiful where they talk about, you know, who am I to be the last person that this 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 man or this woman sees. So yeah, I canonize doctors and nurses yeah. and healthcare workers. And no, we all uh, stand behind you on that one yeah. mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim, thanks for, thanks for coming back on the show. Uh, we ho- we'll do it again. I'm sure. Yeah. I hope to see you in person one of these days. I know. Hey man. Uh, all right. Well, uh, where, where do you want to plug anything right now? I guess people can find these Facebook lives that we're, we've been talking about on your Facebook page. Yeah. Um, you know, it's on my public Facebook page, Father James Martin. Um, and you know, since we've been talking about the Holy land, they might enjoy my book, Jesus at pilgrimage, um, which is out in paperback and, you know, it can give you a, a sense of, um, travel, even though you might be stuck at home. Yep. I will definitely vouch for that. And Jim, you have a newsletter people can sign up for, right? I do. It comes out once a week and, uh, it's a list of things that I find interesting and helpful for people and mostly from a spiritual point of view and you can sign up at americamagazine.org slash newsletters well thanks a lot jim my pleasure i hope to see you guys in the office